0: When you know he's coming home in two weeks, so you have nothing to do about it. You're okay, two weeks. I'll just wait that. And you know that every day that uh, ends, okay, we're one day closer. And with the whole mm-hmm. uh, work going on now, there's no deadline. So he's not mm-hmm. home, and he may be home tomorrow. He may be home in two weeks. He may be home in two months. Like, you have no idea. And that, like, really, um, it really makes it much, much harder. Like, the stress level is much higher. And you really have to, like, learn to... Just accept the unknown. Uh, I, really, I really trust in Hashem, and I also know that he knows what he's doing, and he has good commanders, and the Air Force did everything they can to make it as safe as possible for them. So I'm really not concerned. I'm not afraid.
1: Welcome, and thank you for joining us. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Stories. I'm Hannah Weisberg, host of the show. Joining me today is Batya Blooming, Batya is the wife of Staff Sergeant Yassi Blooming of the IDF. Several weeks ago, I interviewed Yassi. This was actually probably a couple of months ago, and it was before the, the war had even started. And we just wanted to get a feel of what it was like to be a person in the IDF, a soldier serving in the IDF. Of course, that was before we knew anything about the war. And we featured Yassi's video, which is incredible, a couple of weeks ago. In the video, yes, says that really he owes everything and all the officers really owe, owe everything to the real heroes of the story. And the real heroes of the story is their wives and their families. So joining me today is Batya Blooming, who's going to give us a little bit of a pr- perspective of what it's like to be an odd wife. Of an officer in the IDF, what is like to what is she going through at this time? What are the conditions like right now with having your husband serving in the war? What does it feel like, and how? What are her some of her coping tools? Batya, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: So, first of all, tell us a little bit about how, how long have you and Yessi been married?
0: So we have been married for. Like, just a teeny bit more than a year. We celebrate our anniversary in Elul. Yeah, just like two months ago. So, newlyweds, basically. Yeah.
1: Incredible. So, you've had a little bit of a feel of what it's like to be the wife of someone in the army before the war started. Tell us a little bit about what that schedule looked like
0: then. All right. So, it's funny. I was actually really surprised. I didn't think there would be any difference between... Wartime time and just the regular schedule because like if he's not always not home what is the difference so on a daily like on a daily basis um he comes home between once a week to like once in two weeks it really depends like what he's doing at the time if he's training so obviously he'll be much more flexible i might even be able to come visit him he might be able to come home like like on a surprise just in the middle of the week and um if he's obviously doing a mission if he's on a mission, so it's much more uh intense and then it's it's usually like usually it comes on once in two weeks, which means like one shower's without him and then he comes home for the next chavez, which is uh wow. challenging obviously,
1: yeah, right, wow, so that's a long time that you're not seeing your husband, especially yeah. in the newly stages of marriage wow right and 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 how has that changed now now that he's now that Israel's at war
0: so What I noticed that was um, the main difference is the level of stress. Like, when you know he's coming home in two weeks, so you have nothing to do about it. You're, okay, two weeks. I'll just wait that. And you know that every day that uh, ends, okay, we're one day closer. And with the whole uh, war going on now, there's no deadline. So he's not Mm -hmm. home, and he may be home tomorrow. He may be home in two weeks. He may be home in two months. Like, you have no idea. And that, like, really... um, it really makes it much much harder like the stress level of is much higher and you really have to like learn to just accept the unknown um which is challenging and, there's, and, and also and like, there's so much unknown
1: right, right? and also also mm-hmm. the
0: another main point is that he's like not available on his phone most of the mm-hmm. time and now like since Chavez, he's not available at all like the the phones are are shut uh, shut down and locked away somewhere and we have no idea where they are what they're doing have no clue so wow. not available at all. And, um, beforehand, before they took the phone away, so like they were in a base that we couldn't visit them. So mm. those were like the main differences.
1: Wow. So when, when was the last time you spoke to your husband?
0: So, um, I actually saw on Friday, last Friday, uh, that his commander announced that like there are going to be visitation hours, um, Sadly, like, similar to, like, what goes on in a prison, but uh, just on a much more oh, healthier wow. note, yeah. Wow. Like, sideways were coming, like, all the siblings, like, everybody who could come. And, uh, it was really amazing really moving just to see, like, every soldier, like, leaving the gate of the, the base. And, like, all, like, the salary was, like, running to him and, like, crying, and everybody was so emotional, oh, wow. obviously. I got to see him, like, before Shabbos for a few hours. That was really great. And then uh, Mote Shabbos, a friend of mine that her husband <laughs> serviced with Yossi, um she sent me a text saying that they don't have their phones anymore so like that was that yeah
1: wow so this was all before the ground incursion before they did the ground they went in by ground is that it and since i I don't know
0: like we know you that know uh we know that some troops went in, but we don't know exactly who. So uh right. and, and if we you... if we would have known we wouldn't be able to say, obviously. Right. Oh right, right. <laughs> so do you know do you know
1: at all where he is? Like do you know do you personally know where he's stationed? No, you don't know. You no don't know clear. where what... <clears throat> how are you dealing with feelings of fear right
0: now? So um I'm actually not dealing with feelings of fear. It, it's, kind of, it's i feel I kind of weird saying that but i feel like i'm dealing with with um frustration a lot of frustration about everything that we don't know and everything that i can't do uh mm-hmm. i really i really trust in hashem and i also know that he knows what he's doing and he has good commanders and the air force did everything they can to make it as safe as possible for them so i'm really not oh, concerned so. i'm not afraid and also like in our area like where i live i live near modin in a small settlement Everything is really fine. We don't have many sirens. We're back to normal, back to work. Uh, so fear is really not the least for me. It's more like dealing with the frustration that you can't do anything, and also obviously the longing, missing him. Um, he hasn't been home since Suplustra, so it's kind of crazy. I got to see him, but wow. he wasn't home. Yeah, it's it's a long time, and uh, also also the the frustration from the unknown, which is like you can't take control. You have nothing you can do. And the way I'm dealing with it like now is basically uh, learning to let go on the one hand and on the other hand, focusing on everything that I can do. If it's um, like for myself and if it's for others, like uh, we opened a group for the military wives. Like obviously the military is give and there are many married guys, but I at least have a small group where I know that the men that serve with my husband, I'm in touch with their wives because there's a, a nice amount of like guys that are married actually in his uh, I'm not sure to. I'm not sure what it's called in English. It's a pluga, maybe a company platoon. Platoon. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. I don't really know the terms in English. Um. Anyway, so supporting them in any way I can and uh, checking in on them and arranging like times to meet up and to get together. Um. We also got like funding actually from this uh organization that like really wanted to support us and help us out, which was amazing. They reached out to me and they gave me a call saying like. We understood like they know my husband and they said like obviously um we wanna help and let us know if you're like if you're interested in taking a part in this and like uh organizing different stuff for the women and helping them out with what they need. Uh it's uh like we send them flowers before Shabbos, which was really sweet, but we're doing stuff that are also much more meaningful than that. Um, not to like make it sound that's meaningful, but stuff that are like really, really important, like um giving them funding for um, therapy session is to have like so this is therapy
1: sessions for the wives of the soldiers yeah or the families of the soldiers yeah uh-huh. so exactly giving them therapy sessions to have an opportunity you were saying to do to to share their feelings to process to their share feelings.
0: yeah also a mm-hmm. lot of the wives they come from families where um the family doesn't necessarily understand what you're going through you don't really have a place to to get the support you need like obviously your family loves you and wants to support you, but they don't always know what the right thing to say is. They sometimes end up hurting you more than they uh, wanted to. Uh, Asking you, when did you speak to him for the last time? Or uh, did he text you? Why didn't he text you? And like, you have nothing to say to that. And you know that it's only coming out of care, but it's really, it couldn't come out as being hurtful. So just like making sure that they get the right support. Um, And also that they have a safe environment to just feel comfortable to, express their feelings without needing to be strong because many people have been saying that me and my friends are in the same situation they've been saying oh you're so strong oh be strong be strong for yourself be strong for him and it's like sometimes you need to have a a comfortable environment to just feel safe enough and that you don't have to hold everything like on your own so doing that was amazing
1: so what so how do you like express yourself what what do you just share what your feelings you just share what what's going on like how, how how do you actually do it
0: so first of all um i think that there's a a huge power to sharing a situation with people that actually understand you so just having a opportunity to meet most of the wives that like i'm in touch with they're in the jerusalem area so we got mm-hmm. together about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, a shout out to our and that gave us her Beit Chaban. It was really, really great. Um, so we had that beautiful space. We we're really happy about it. And we brought it there. She told therapists. me that you,
1: she, she told me you organized a beautiful program.
0: She's so sweet. She really helped me out with like a lot of things. So thank you so <laughs> much. If you're watching this, thank you so, so much. Really appreciate that. Um right. Anyway, so, so you just,
1: organized there that like for the group for the for the wives of the soldiers and you came right. together and
0: so first of all just to give them an opportunity to relax. They feel like they're going out to somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was actually um mm-hmm. they have their big chabad and the bottom floor, they have there's a restaurant that like Enchabas like lets them to use this space. So the owner of the restaurant um like offered this space to us basically. So it was really, really great. We had like a beautiful space. We brought really great food and we got to get to know each other because... Some of the women know each other, but most of them they didn't actually know. They, like, texted on WhatsApp and uh, helped each other out when they need to send packages to, like, the different bases, but they didn't actually know each other personally. So it was really, mm-hmm. really great to get them uh, to, like, see them bonding and uh, opening yeah. up and speaking about the challenges and, and realizing that they have so much in common and that they're not alone in this. Yeah. And after I, that, I get- so we, we brought in a therapist to to do, like, an activity and a session and to speak about the different Elements of, um, like, I'm trying to think of the term in English, the, in Hebrew, like, the strength of, like, your, uh, how do you translate that?
1: Your, your inner strength?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she spoke about, like, the different aspects of, like, taking care of yourself, helping others. So I, I guess... I guess so many army
1: wives are in a position where they're constantly giving. I mean, if you have children as well, you're constantly giving and doing and, and taking care of so much without any support. Or if you don't have children, you're just taking care of so much on your shoulders as well that you're not really thinking about taking care of yourself.
0: Right. It's a big challenge for a lot of us. And uh, I think something that I learned in the past few weeks was to get help in the sense that. Uh, I'm very independent. And when the war broke out, I was like, fine, I'll stay home. I don't mind being alone. I'm fine. I have so much to do. And I realized that it was really difficult. And uh, I spoke to my older brother who lives in Jerusalem and he said, I'm like, come over. And my my like immediate reaction was like, no, no, I'm fine. Like Then I, I realized that, no, I'm not fine. I really should go over. I should accept the help. They're amazing people and they're happy to have me. And I'm mm-hmm. really happy to spend time with them. And just doing that first step into accepting help, not in the sense of, like, something dramatic, like, go see a psychiatrist or something like that. Just, like, very, right. very basic. Your family, the people who love you and surround you, accept the help from them was really uh, amazing. And uh, I'm trying to spread that out to the other army uh, wives in the sense that we all, we almost, like, all, almost all of us have that in common that it's very hard for us to get help because we're so used to being independent sure. that that's, like, the flip side of it. So oh, right. We're working so on that. So there's this... <laughs> This independence and this
1: feeling of aloneness because you're, you're, you're carrying so much on yourself. And I guess when you share that with others and when others come together, it just brings together a more united feeling that I'm, I'm, I'm not in this by myself. So others are helping to share in the burden together with me.
0: Exactly. Exactly like that. It's really right. beautiful to see that. And also, I think it's much easier to start accepting help from people who really understand you. And you know that mm-hmm. like they're not... Um, Judging you or anything that they're in in the same situation as you, they really get you, and they're offering help, um, right? Really, because they they know they care about you and they know what you're going through.
1: Sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> is there is there something from from your background, from your studying of of Hasidic thought, or from your background in in in, in learning about Judaism that Has helped you to get through this? Any comforting teachings or things that have helped you to get through a a challenging time like this?
0: That's a great question. Um, I definitely think that Hasidus is something that like is a huge part of my life and everything I do. And uh, not necessarily that I'm a huge scholar and I sit and study all day. Um, Definitely not that. I'm actually. If I if I get to sit down and and, stu- and study something, that would be maybe in Chavez and that would be like, wow, I actually learned the Sikha or something. But uh, okay. in the in the headspace and and uh, like the the truth uh, that I learned in Hasidus that they they follow me like all the time. And uh, I think the biggest thing is um, I'm not sure. Like I'm not touching this card. I'm not sure. Like where like I'll, I'll just quote it, and if you know the source, just let me know uh, where it says Enrayored me leMala and uh basically which means there's
1: no bad no bad comes from above god
0: doesn't give us anything bad right <clears throat> which at times could be very frustrating because it sounds like something like uh very like fluffy to say like yeah everything is good you just can't see it so uh remembering mm-hmm. that uh it's something that was that in the tanya and the Balatanya is definitely not fluffy or he doesn't just say stuff mm-hmm. like whatever it's very it's, it's exact and you can trust him and uh just and just trying to um, wait and see. First of all, what what are the good things that I can see now, and then and then uh think that I don't understand. Trying to wait and see what what can they develop into. Not to try and explain, not to try mm-hmm. and uh, give all kinds of uh, excuses or explanations like why things happen, but just to 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 trust that they're going to develop into something amazing. And something like that I see now that's happening to like in Israel to the Israeli society to. Israeli citizens is that there was a huge like machloket. There was literally rioting in the streets between right and left, charedim and uh, and secular people. It was it was really awful. Like there were so many days that uh, schools were shut down, the airport was shut down because of rioting. It was really intense. And just to see how as the war broke out, as people got kidnapped, it just brought everyone together in in such a amazing way that nothing else could have done that. So I'm not like supporting what happened. But I am saying that I can't see something good that came out of it.
1: Right, of course, the unity that's emerged is really incredible. I was watching as the soldier was 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 freed yesterday of the hostage, how everyone was just dancing in the streets, like holding hands and dancing. It was just so meaningful to see Jews of all stripes hugging each other and just celebrating and rejoicing because it's our sister, you know, who got freed so that that's definitely but i mean that that's quite an incredible like perspective I, i mean when things are looking so bleak around you to be able to say well it's not ultimately there's something good in this you know ultimately i have to believe that there is something good that's coming out from this that's like a hard level for a lot of us to really try to incorporate in our own lives how do you do that
0: that's true um I think like with any skill, it's just a question of practice at the end of the day. Um, and also I think that sometimes when you get to a point like a war or something that's very dramatic, you don't really have a choice. It's like uh, we have amazing stories in Hasidus about different people who did a uh, Kiddush Hashem like with Mesut Nefesh that they uh, they didn't like... Self-sacrifice. Exactly. They didn't uh, believe in the Torah. They didn't believe in Hashem their whole lives. But suddenly they got to a point in their, in their lives where they had to do something that was against halakha or against the Torah, but it was like really extreme. And suddenly, for out of the blue, they just decided to sacrifice their lives, like on Kiddush Hashem, which is like the weirdest thing ever. Because, like, be consistent. Okay, so your whole life you you were secular, you didn't believe anything. What changed? So I think that there's something that like in these uh, extreme situations that really brings our nefesh shalokis out of us, out of us, even if we don't try to do anything like like to bring a godly up, so... soul
1: emerges exactly right just just uh-huh so you so mean like part of it you're so right now you feel that you're in a, in a time of tremendous turmoil and there's a certain strength that's coming in from inside of you from your soul inside of you from your godly soul inside of you that's strengthening you and making you feel that i can do this so that i can get through this
0: definitely i'm sure that many people who have been in uh extreme situations would would agree and would relate right. and i think that's those who don't relate, um, I think that the the thing I would focus on would be maybe looking positive, like looking at the people around us in a in a positive light, like how do you say
1: that? A positive light. A, a positive, a positive light. eye.
0: Yeah, because I think right. that when we start looking at the people around us in a positive eye, so we... It, it like opens up something inside of ourselves to be able to see how Hashem is all like look at him too in a positive eye and I think that mm-hmm. looking at the people around us in a positive eye is something that we all can do it's not like somewhere up there in the sky that's like far from reach um at the end of the, end of the day we all have people we love that do annoying stuff and we love them so much that we sit down and we explain it to ourselves okay he was tired that day she was tired that day they didn't uh, realize what, what the what their words uh, would cause. Whatever we have all kinds of explanations. We're good at doing that. So developing that, and then afterward, uh, trying to use that same point of view to Hashem to look at Him that way. Uh, I think that really gives us the, the the tools that we need to to see how in ra'yurin bin Amala. Like there is no bad things that Hashem brings down to us.
1: That's a beautiful way of looking at it. I, I think when we shift perspectives in general, you know, we could be thinking negative, negative, worry, worry, fear, fear. We just keep going in that in that hole of, and go deeper and deeper. We dig ourselves deeper and deeper. And you're saying, do the opposite. Bring light, like climb higher. You know, look in a positive way. Look at others in a positive way. And then look at God in a positive way. Look at our world in a positive way. And suddenly your perspective completely shifts and you're no longer feeling that blackness and that worry and that that hardship
0: that's
1: really beautiful yeah that's beautiful thank you (laughs) um i think there's also another perspective another whole aspect of this whole war situation that a lot of army wives are feeling and that is you know there's this whole issue of taharata mishpacha which is the laws of family purity which you were mentioning how it's it, it can be extremely difficult on a husband wife relationship, especially you know on a on a, on a usual basis. Tara to the laws of family purity would mean that when a wife has her period and until she's able to go to the mikvah, husband and wives don't have physical contact. How does that affect your situation now? The
0: context of of a war. So that's an amazing question. Um, in general, even before the war, it's a it's a difficult topic for army wives because that. Uh, as much as you'd like to schedule things like that they would work out perfectly, then when he comes home, you're not needed and everything works out. You can't obviously control everything. And ne- you can't. Neither,
1: need to, just to explain, need to mean, meaning that you aren't in a state where you can actually physically be intimate. So you want to create a situation, but but you aren't really in, char- in charge of creating that situation because it happens based on the woman's flow and based on times that you're not in control of. Exactly. So go, go ahead.
0: So um some officers in the army are aware to the mitzvah and they they understand the meaning and let's say your husband gets released um next week and you know that that's not going to work out you could ask and you could request to to switch it maybe someone else could stand basically he's going to leave this week or the next the week after like you could work it out but in a time of mm-hmm. war you have no flexibility and you also uh everything's very spontaneous like you could get a call saying you have two hours, you could go visit your husband tomorrow for two hours. And nobody cares about what your state is uh, currently. So it's a huge challenge. But on the other hand, it's an amazing mitzvah. And as we know, the whole existence of Amisrael is based on this mitzvah. The whole, um, like, souls coming down through the world in a pure manner, like in a pure way, it, it's based on exactly this mitzvah. And at a time where we lost so many of Amisrael, so many people, so many Jews. There isn't, like, a better mitzvah to to put extra effort into and to to try to, to keep it, like, to do a little more, put a little more effort into it. Because it's exactly, like, this is the mitzvah that, like, we should be focusing on now on the women, I think. Like, and I think that channeling the frustration of, uh, there's nothing I can do or, like, it's so far from me. Yes, there is something you can do. And it's this mitzvah, exactly. And uh, the Rebbe spoke about how it literally saves lives, this mitzvah. Uh, I think that I'm giving son. So um as much as it it's um, like really challenging. I'm not gonna try and make it like sound easy or something like that. It's very challenging and very frustrating for both sides, the husband and the wife. But it's amazing with son and we should never like think of giving up on it or um anyway, I can I can't imagine like giving it away.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's incredible strength. So, you know, like I, I'm just imagining you haven't seen your husband in a long, like in, in a couple of weeks. And you just the only thing that you want to do is hug him and and you stop and restrain yourself from doing that because of this mitzvah. And you, you're saying that this mitzvah, though, doing it and keeping it is what keeps the Jewish people. So this is this is the I guess this is the ammunition that we use, the spiritual ammunition against this battle. That's such a horrible, fierce physical battle this is the spiritual ammunition that we as wives can encourage our husbands um in, in keeping and encourage ourselves
0: not only the husband and
1: ourselves of course um, of course
0: i always think about it how in the past like the whole when when people talk about and mishpacha, they would say um like such amazing mitzvah but it's so hard to keep because there isn't a, mik- a mikvah near my house or the mikvah like aesthetically isn't appealing or um in other situations like uh many years ago like our great grandmas they would go and like break the ice they didn't even have a mikvah so it's like right. I feel like it's reverse. like today we have such a like luxury we have like amazing mikvahs in every jewish neighborhood you have at least one if not more and uh it's so comfortable but we don't want it enough the the misil with nezvish mm-hmm. is not about doing the mitzvah but it's about wanting to do the mitzvah and i think that's where we should really put our effort into understanding the meaning of it and just connecting to it and wanting to do it because it's literally easy to do Mm -hmm. like in in this day and age right you mean the physical amenities are there
1: it's just the want we have to have the want and the desire to actually be there and doing it and that's the hard part and especially i guess now in a war time but it's specifically in a war time that we need the merit of this mitzvah exactly right wow Is is this something that wives discuss, the the army wives discuss, or that you are involved with teaching or explaining to them?
0: So, definitely. um, My husband and I opened a WhatsApp group for the army wives, like immediately after we got married, because we understood that it's something that there isn't enough awareness to. And people, like, people really need the support and they need that, uh, the the wives really need that space to discuss things that are um, beyond, like, how do I send a package to my husband or who's going to the base and can I join you? Beyond that, there's the whole challenge of Ta'at when where when you can discuss it with people in the same uh, situation or that understand it on the Allahic aspect, on the emotional aspect, on the, um, even the like health aspect. It it really, mm-hmm. it's really empowering and it really, it's really amazing thing. So we definitely discuss it and um, I know that uh, my college teacher, Karen Karen vadi if she's hearing this I hope she's proud Uh, so I ask her often a lot of questions and often like for my friend because if they're too shy to ask or if they um, they don't know who to ask so often she gets a lot of questions for me and we we really try to focus on discussing it and making it something that amongst ourselves we feel comfortable talking about and helping each other out Um, also like on the on the medical aspect like some of the women they just got married some of them are actually on birth control and just Having someone that you feel like comfortable discussing, when should I take a break? When should I not take a break? Can I, uh, how many like uh, packages of like the pills can I take like one after another? Um, just to understand like also from why do you feel so weird? Why do you feel more tired now? Just to have a comfortable mm-hmm. place to discuss the, the different aspects, the halakhic aspect, the emotional and the medical aspect, it's amazing. It's really beautiful and it's really empowering. Incredible. Yeah.
1: That's incredible, wow. That's really beautiful. Um, is there some message that you'd like to give to those who are watching here in America? Like, what can we do to help you? What should we be aware of? What should we know?
0: Um, That's an amazing question. I think that my message to the people watching this interview now would be, if you're already keeping the laws of family purity, then focus on the emotional aspect of the mitzvah, not the technical one. Um, the whole aspect of Shlom V'ai. and uh, which which means harmony in the house, right?
1: Like just, just getting along. So, go go ahead.
0: Anyway, I would I would I would say to focus on on that aspect and on the uh, connecting to the mitzvah and and loving it, really loving it, because it's such a beautiful mitzvah. And if you're not doing it yet, so I'd say um, reach out to the the nearest uh, Chabad Robertson in your area and and say i want to learn i may not do it i may go i may not go to makbara who knows but i want to learn like to start somewhere
1: and and so you're asking us to learn about us wives in america us women in america to learn about the laws of family purity for your sake for your for your protection
0: definitely definitely <laughs> okay. my sake my wow. family's sake my husband's sake all the soldiers fighting uh all the families that left their homes and they're in hotels all over the country and they don't have their things and they don't know some some families their houses have been burned down anyway yeah for the sake of all of us
1: right we're one people so what we do can affect everybody um can you give us any little story a rays of light about from the situation that's that's emerged that you can see there something positive that we can hang on to in all this darkness
0: well, um, I was speaking earlier about the the Akhtut that just came out out of nowhere when the war broke the out. Unity, the unity, exactly. So a few weeks ago, um, my husband he texted me, told me that he doesn't like he ran out of t-tit. So I tried to I tried to buy more tikit. I like called a few different stores. Some of them were open, some of them were closed. But apparently, so many people were. In a, in a rush to, to help all the soldiers the second they got called just to, to go to their bases and to uh, prepare for, to start training for the war. So they bought like all the tzitzit that existed in the country and you couldn't find one pair of tzitzit. So I told them, listen, wow. I don't know if I'll be able to find you any tzitzit. They've all been bought. They've all been scattered throughout all the bases. And, and uh, it's amazing, but like even secular soldiers that don't usually wear tzitzit or a kippah or a daven or put on chillin are now like wearing to see they're davening and they're asking like the the like they're asking all of us to, to daven for them and to say to them for them, put for them. so i don't listen i don't know if i'll be able to
1: find any for you to pray to give charity sorry to say psalms for them to give pray for them
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway so by but like one of my brother's friends knows somebody who anyway was part of like the. Um, the donations of TT to different bases and he had a few spared. He had like 10 pairs left. So I sent him some and he like gave some of them to his friends but I thought that it was so beautiful. Just the idea that you can't find TT because it was bought already by people that wanted to donate them to, to, to soldiers and now they're wearing them. So it, it's just so wow. beautiful. It was really moving. It's just, it's like a small incident but it, it means so much.
1: Right. Wow. Wow. The unity is incredible. Wow yeah thank you so much for joining us today. You know, Yasi yes, you said that you are the the real courageous one. You are the real the the real strength behind the army. It's you and all the other army wives who are holding down the fort. What what do you say to those who have like family, children, who are doing it on their own? How how do you how can we help them? Or what what do they need to know?
0: I just really understand your question. Like or I'm saying like
1: there's, to... there's, I'm referring to the army wives who have children who have children and who are doing so many things and it's must be so difficult, you know, without the father at home, some of them have multiple children and they just don't have the support. Is there something that we can do for them or that they should know that you can address to, 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 to these situations?
0: Um, well, I don't fully understand that yet, but I will understand it, but um, not yet. I think that if you're a na- if you have a neighbor like that, just knock in the morning and make sure she's okay. Help her with whatever you can. Yeah. Uh, offer to take the kids out for a walk, to take them to the park. Just give her some time alone to recharge, and check in on her every every once yeah. in a while. Definitely. Um, and uh, right. if you're if you're like from uh, you don't have a neighbor like that or you don't know anyone like that, so a text, a phone call, that'd be great. And if not, just any for us guys because. If you're not here physically at least spiritually there's a lot to do a lot of ways to help
1: right and i guess here in america that's definitely a message that we can be doing just do whatever we can spiritually to help right exactly. thank you thank you ba- yeah. thank you thank you for your courage i i loved how you said how you are not afraid you know that's not part of your your even your 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 definition right now like fear is not part of how you're looking at things and I, I wish that you continue. I, I, I give you a blessing that you continue to not have any fear, and that you no, no longer need to have that strength. That the Amen. your husband should be returned quickly, and all the other members of the the IDF should be returned quickly, as the hostages should be returned quickly, Amen. and that we should have peace in the land and all over the world. Amen. Thank you for your cur- Thank you for your courage, and thank you for joining
0: us, and thank you for holding down the fort at home. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I hope we all get to, to each other physically at Beit Amikdash. hopefully. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Amen. I just finished uh, the interviewing Batya Blooming. What I most enjoyed about this interview is here is a young woman. She's 22 years of age, only 22 years. She's been married just a little over a year and her husband is in the IDF. And the way she faces the current situation, the war, with such courage, with such determination, and with such a spiritual perspective, I found that that was extremely enlightening. Um, I found it also so beautiful that she's asking each of us to take on something spiritual for her sake, take on Tarata is something that she feels very passionate about. Tarata Mishpacha is the laws of family purity, the laws of mikvah. She's asking us to learn a little bit more about it. If we do not do it, if we do do it, to do it a little bit more, to invest ourselves in this mitzvah even more. She feels this mitzvah is really the continuity of the Jewish people and so important on a spiritual level to actually save lives. and she asks us just to, 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 to give that little bit extra on a spiritual level so that they can have their protection. If you enjoyed watching this video, please subscribe to other <laughs> episodes of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Stories. You can find us on chabad.org forward slash extraordinary. We'd love to hear your comments. Please give us feedback about how you enjoyed the video, what you enjoyed about it, and what you'd like to see. Thank you again for joining.